Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast and are presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet at $100 to get a free extra $100 at sportsgampodcast.com slash WinBet, the sportsgampodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is currently Saturday, February 18th, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. And it is semifinal action in three separate ATP events. We have Rotterdam, we have Delray Beach, and we have Buenos Aires. And it should be a lot of fun because there are a couple of very intriguing matches to go through. But before we get into any of those previews, do want to recap how we did on the last episode Really not well, uh, to be honest with, with you. We ended up losing both the lock and the dog. We had Ramos Vanolas on the money line against uh, Baina, and we beat a decent line move. Didn't matter, though. Baina played insanely well, and he ended up winning in straight sets. And for our dog, we took Kwan to beat Zverev. I believe he got broken in the first game of the match and did not get broken in any other game and still lost in straight sets. Zverev looked good. But then, of course, Zverev had to go and lose to Greek Spore in the next round anyway. But we took a, a, an underdog shot there with Kwan fading a Zverev, which, who was still not his usual self. He looked like it for one round, but then he lost. So we were right about Zverev being vulnerable. Unfortunately, Kwan couldn't capitalize enough. And as a result, we went 0-2. Now, for the actual futures, they went equally as bad because we got nobody left. Usually... We have at least one or two guys who are in the running or favor to win an event. Uh, This week, not so much. Just did not go well. Uh, We had a couple of leans in Buenos Aires, mostly looking at Musetti and looking at Ramos Vinolas. That did not work out. I thought Musetti would end up beating Varias yesterday, but that did not that did not happen. So uh, ended up striking out there in Delray. We ended up having Shelton who lost in the first round. That was the only outright we had in Delray. And for Rotterdam, we ended up leaning to Rune, who got injured and had to retire mid-match. And we also had Felix, who ended up losing to Medvedev yesterday. So not a good episode at all, if we're just being completely transparent. But it happens. We have more good episodes than bad, and we're gonna. T- it comes to the territory, so we'll look to get back on track here on Saturday. I'll probably go through some updated future odds as well for each tournament, just because since there's two matches left, I might as well tell you what the updated odds are to actually win the thing, and if there's any value on any of the people. But we're gonna start off in Rotterdam for the actual semifinal breakdown because that does start first. So looking at the 9 a.m. Eastern time match between Medvedev and Dimitrov, Medvedev is a favorite. It's somewhat sizable. You'd assume it's it would be around this number. It's around minus 425. Uh, Medvedev is minus four games at minus 125. And Dimitrov is plus four at plus 105. The over-under is 21 and a half. Uh, with a slight amount of juice to the over, minus 115. Under is minus 105. And you can take some alt lines as well. Uh, the game, the uh, match to go to three sets is plus 180. So if you want to go with that type of long shot, you can. But that's the odds. Now, looking at the overall head-to-head, uh, they've played a couple of times. Medvedev is 4-2 and two straight up. Medvedev ended up winning in Vienna. Uh, Dimitrov did win in three sets in 2021 in Indian Wells. You had Medvedev winning in Cincinnati and Medvedev winning in the U.S. Open. Uh, so Medvedev has won 
on the recent hardcore matchups. I know that Indian Wells is a hardcore too, but Medvedev has the majority on hardcore if you want to make a surface argument. But Dimitrov's looked good, and to go through his matches, he ended up beating Herkaz in two tie breaks. He beat Karatsev, but Karatsev's got a messed up knee, and Karatsev's really, really fallen off a cliff in terms of the rankings and his quality of play. So it was basically a bye. Beat Herkaz in two tie breaks, a nice win there, and then beat uh, Diminor in a third set tie break to win yesterday. Meanwhile, looking at your at Medvedev's a resume up to this point. He struggled a bit early on against Davidovich Fakina, got broken a bunch of times, but after the first set, he settled in and ended up winning the final two sets, 6-2-6-2. Has not dropped a set since, beat Zan Schulp 6-2-6-2, and beat Felix 6-2-6-4. He really just owns Felix. Felix has not beaten him, and Medvedev seems to be his Achilles heel. Either way, Medvedev is here, and he is definitely a force to be reckoned with in this event. But for the actual matchup, I do think Medvedev's going to win However, I have to at least give flowers to Dimitrov, who has looked very good so far in this tournament. And I do think that Diminor's a good preparation opponent to face off against Dimin- uh, to face off against Dim- uh, Medvedev because both of them keep the ball in play. The main difference is going to be the obvious uh, size differential of both players, as well as the serve. Diminor is still not a good server, and Medvedev is a pretty good server. But the style of play is pretty similar mid rally, and I think that could help Dimitrov here. I think you could see a bit of a war here. It would not surprise me if Dimitrov wins a set. Am I picking him to win the match? No. I think that Medvedev's going to win. But in terms of the actual uh, total, I'll lean to the over at 21.5. I don't feel great about it, but Dimitrov has had his fair share of tie breaks in this event. I think he could force one. Maybe it goes three sets. But I do think that if I was going to pick an actual side, I would lean to Dimitrov plus four and a half games at minus 130. And all of you who listen to the podcast know I'm really not a Dimitrov fan, but he has looked very comfortable in this tournament and Medvedev has too. But I do think Dimitrov's game could give Medvedev some problems if the unforced error count stacks up a little bit for Medvedev. But the fact that Dimitrov has given Medvedev some problems on hardcore in the past, I think could pay dividends here. And even in the 2019 U.S. Open matchup where Medvedev won in straight sets, uh, the first two sets were 7-6-6-4. So the point is Dimitrov hung in there, just couldn't break through. But I do see Dimitrov making this interesting, and I think that it's going to be a bit of a war. I'm not picking Dimitrov to cross the finish line, but I think Medvedev's going to have to work. So for the first matchup, I will lean to the over, and I'll lean to Dimitrov plus four and a half. Slight leans, nothing serious. But I do think that Medvedev should be a slightly less big of a favorite. But moving on to the second match in Rotterdam, you have Sinner taking on the hometown guy in Greek Spore. And Sinner is a hefty favorite. To nobody's surprise, Sinner is a bigger favorite than Medvedev. Sinner is minus 525, and Greek Spore is plus 415 the other way. Spread is basically the same. Sinner is minus four and a half, but he's minus 122. Greek Spore plus four and a half is plus 102. Over under is also 21 and a half. Slight juice to the under, though. If you want to take an alt line, the over 20 and a half is minus 125. And three sets is plus 190. Uh, if you want to take Sinner in straight sets, it's around minus 160. Simply put, I think Sinner's going to win comfortably. From what I've seen in this event, Sinner's looked like the best player. And I think he should be favored, at least in the betting markets, to win this tournament uh, because of the fact that Sinner has just looked dominant. He struggled early on against Bonzi, 
Uh, he was coming off of a title in Montpierre. Usually you see guys either losing the first round or struggle, and that happens. I'm not totally surprised, but he did win the third set 6-1, so he dominated late. Then he crushed Tsitsipas 6-4, 6-3, and then he destroyed Warenka last night. I know, or yesterday, I know Warenka is not the player he used to be, but still a nice win. The center, destru- the center destruction of Tsitsipas was really the impressive showing there. Because Tsitsipas has kind of had Sinner's number, and the fact that Sinner beat him so easily, I think, is pretty telling that his game is perfect for this overall tournament. And Greek Spore has had a nice run. Uh, he ended up beating Yemmer, 7-6, uh, 7-5. Ended up beating Zverev after coming back from a set down, and then beat a fellow Dutchman, in Brower, and he Brower was the one who advanced because of Rune's injury. So Greeksport got a little bit lucky there, but the point is his best win in this event is a recovering Zverev, and you're looking at Sinner. Sinner is a different animal. I just think Sinner is the much better player, and I want to make a case for Greek for Greeksport to make this one close. Maybe forces a breaker, but for the sake of the actual match, I'm taking Sinner minus one and a half sets at minus 160. If you could chop around and find a better line, then do so, but I do think Sinner should win comfortably in straight sets. Maybe a tie break, but Sinner's looked like the best player in this event, in my opinion. And I think he should look that way once again against one of the weaker opponents that he's faced in this tournament. So that's going to be the quick wrap up there for Rotterdam. If I had to pick an outright right now, I would take Sinner at around plus 150. But I do think that Sinner winning in straight sets is definitely the safe way to go for that semifinal match. Now, moving on to we'll go with Buenos Aires next because that does technically start before the Delray Beach matches. So looking at the Buenos Aires matches, you have Nori against Varias, and Nori is favored in that one. However, not that big of a favorite. Uh, if you look at the actual odds, Nori's around minus 200. Uh, the spread is 3.5 in favor of Nori at even money, plus 3.5 the other way is minus 120. Over under 21.5 is minus 125. And if you want to bet on it to go three sets, you can get that at plus 145. So looking at the pathway for both guys, it's really just different paths because Varias had to go through qualifying, but he has also not dropped a set. He's looked phenomenal, and he ended up beating Musetti 6-4-6-4. Very nice win there. Beat Team 6-4-6-4 as well. Uh, had a couple of wins there against some quali- in qualifiers. Did beat Del Bonus, though, which is, I guess, a nice win because he is Argentinian, and Del Bonus is still good on clay. But you're looking at Nori, and he's had to bat a little bit. Had a three-set matchup against uh, Diaz, then had another three-set match against Echeverri. If you want to go for a trend here, you could potentially look at taking the underdog to win the first set. And if you look at uh, Varias's odds of actually winning the first set, they are not bad. Uh, his odds of winning the first set are currently at plus 150. Nori has lost the first set in each of the first two matches in this event, so just keep an eye on that. But for the sake of the money line, I think there's value on Varias. I can't ignore the fact that the guy's gone through qualifying and the actual tournament main draw without dropping a set. And the fact that he beat Musetti, who's a very good clay player, it's why I picked him to win the event, and the fact that he beat Team, I know Team isn't the player he used to be. He's still good on clay. It's still his best surface. But Varias looks good. And Nori's looked quite vulnerable. And you beat Echeverri and he beat Diaz. And once again, those are two relative unknown Argentinians. It is a step up in competition. It might not look it, but I think it is because Varias has looked very good in this tournament. 
I think there's value on Varius. I'm going to fade Nori here. I think if you want to go for a seriously safe play, you could go for Varius plus the three and a half or maybe plus four at pretty heavy juice. But I do think that Varius should make a match of it. And I think if you want to go for Varius to potentially win a set and for both players to win a set, you could end up getting over two and a half at plus 145. I don't hate that. If you want to go for the full Varius home run swing, you can take straight sets of plus 375. I'm not going to do that, but I will take Varius to win the match. I think there's value there at plus 175, especially with how Norris had to come from behind in each of the first two rounds. Now, moving on to the second match, you have Alcaraz against Zapata Marias. Uh, shout out to Zapata for looking really, really sharp. And briefly, before I actually get into the betting pick, I'll go through the uh, actual pathway for both players so far. Looking at Alcaraz, he ended up beating Dejir in three sets in his first match in about a month and a half or two months, and then he ended up destroying Lahovic. Was competitive, and then at the end of the first set, Alcaraz took over, and that was all she wrote, one six four six two. Meanwhile, Zapata Marais has had a couple of marathons, beat Pedro Martinez in three, beat Schwartzman in straight sets, and then ended up beating Sarundolo in the three sets yesterday. But I briefly... Want to talk about the guy that I said was watched a couple of weeks ago, if not months ago. And I want to talk it up because I want to talk about it or bring it up because I was right, but I feel bad. I got to talk about Schwartzman. He sucks at this point. It's really just a shame because he was such a good player for a while, but he just doesn't have it anymore. At least from what I can gather, the movement's not there. The strokes don't look completely solid. He might need some time off. Maybe he's battling an injury, but he might want to try some challenger events for, I don't know, a couple of weeks because Schwartzman has been really, really bad. I mentioned how he had basically no chance to win this event despite making the finals several times in the past, and he wasn't close. He got buried. It could have been 6-1, 6-1, but Schwartzman did break uh, when he was down several breaks there in the second set. Or it could have been 6-2, and then he broke. Or no, it was, yeah, 6-2. And he broke, and then he got broken to lose the match. But the point is, he got bodied, and Schwartzman was favored in that match, by the way. So the odds are still not right on Schwartzman. They think that he's still the player he used to be. He's clearly not. I think he's in auto-fade territory at this point. He looks that bad, and he probably needs some time off. But I just wanted to mention that. Not going to fully tip my cap for a victory lap telling everybody that Schwartzman's washed. Because I feel bad about saying that for a player that I respect. But I got to point it out. He has not been good. And if he's in any tournaments moving forward, you might want to bet the other guy. But you're looking at the head-to-head here between Alcaraz and Zapata Marias, And it has been competitive. Alcaraz has won two of the three matches, played in the French Open in 2021. Alcaraz won in four, but the players did split the first two sets. They played in 2020. And Zapata Marias won in three sets, and they played once again in 2020, and Alcaraz won 7-6-6-4. So the point is Zapata Marias has been playing very good tennis lately, and he has given Alcaraz some problems in the past. Now, the most recent meeting, 2021, so I don't know how fair of a comparison it is to look at those matches to this one, but I think this could be quite competitive, at least for five and a half. I think five and a half is a little bit too large, uh, especially with a total of 19 and a half. I think Zapata Marais could lose this like 6-3, 6-4. I think it could be one of those matches. So I'm going to look to the underdog here, plus the 5.5. 
I'm not picking Zapata Marias to win, but he's been playing good tennis. Sarundalo was in great form leading up to that match, and he ended up beating him. So I think that there's some value on the underdog here. I'll go with Zapata, uh, Zapata Marias uh, plus five and a half at minus 110, and that's going to be it for that match. But for the actual outrights, I don't see anyone beating Alcaraz at this point, so I don't see much value. But moving on to America, we're going to go to Delray and looking at the two semifinal matches here. They are interesting. Let's put it, let's put it that way because everybody kind of expected Tommy Paul to cruise into the semis because he had such an easy draw, and I believe he was around minus 250 to win the draw in the first place or minus 175. Didn't happen because he got absolutely smacked by Radu Albert yesterday, and Albert won that match very, very convincingly, and it looked like Tommy Paul basically no-showed it. Uh, Albert ended up winning 6-2, 6-2, but Albert has been very good in this event. He has not dropped the set, and he's playing and what I could think of as the best tennis of his career for the last several years. He looks very sharp. Meanwhile, he's against Kekmanovic, who had a very nice straight set win there against Giron. He has also not dropped a set in this event as he beat Borges in the first round in straight sets. So for this matchup, you have Kekmanovic being a pretty big favorite at minus three and a half games at minus 120, plus three and a half even money the other way. The money line's around minus 330 and plus 260, respectively. And the over-under is around 21 and a half. Looking at the head-to-head history... Uh, they have had a couple of interesting matches, but they were a while ago. They played in 2017, and they played in 2018, and both players split. But I have to at least mention, that was roughly five years ago, and Kekmanovic is 23. So he was basically 18 or 17 at the time, so I'm not sure how much stocking to put into those two matches. But I th- I do think Kekmanovic has the more overall talented skill set, and I think the serving is going to be the big difference here. Kekmanovic has a good serve the first serve percentage could use some work, but he still has some power, and Albert really doesn't. I think that's going to be the story of the match here. I think it should be competitive, but I will take Hekmanovic to win in straight sets. He served really well against Giron, and Giron's a pretty good returner and rallier. So for me, I'm going to go with Kekmanovic. I think he'll win in straight sets. Albert can maybe force a breaker, but I do think Kekmanovic gets it done in straight sets because of his overall power and I think he'll be able to push Albert a little bit all over the court. Now, moving on to the second semifinal, you have an all-American matchup between McDonald and Fritz. Fritz is minus 325 on the money line, and McDonald is plus 270 the other way. Uh, Fritz is minus three and a half games at minus 125. McDonald is plus three and a half at plus 105 the other way, and the over-under is 22 flat. Looking at the head-to-head matches, they have played four times. Fritz is three and one. Uh, but if you're looking at the last couple of matches, McDonald did beat him in the last meeting in Delray. So this exact event, however, that was in 2019. So I'm not sure how much stocking you can put into it. But McDonald has looked pretty good in this event. He struggled early on against Momo and then bounced back from a set down to win that one. He also ended up winning in three sets against Nishioka. And he beat Taro Daniel comfortably in the first round, 6-2, 6-2. Fritz, though, has looked very solid. As he has not dropped a set, he beat Gomez in straight sets, 6-4, 6-3, and beat Manorino, 7-6, 6-4. It was 10-8 in the breaker, so it could have gone either way, but Fritz pulled it out in straight sets. So for this matchup, I think I'm going to go with... This is actually a pretty... This is a tough one, because 
they do have a lot of history. McDonald, I like as a player. Fritz, though, has more firepower. The question is, do I think Fritz is going to wear down if McDonald can't actually force him to run around the court and make this a bit of a marathon match? I think I'm going to stick with the trend here, and I think I'm going to go with the underdog. I think I'm just going to take the games. I could definitely see a 7-6-6-4 type of match or maybe a couple of breakers, but I do think you'll end up seeing Fritz win this match, in my opinion. But I do think that you're looking at a competitive match where these guys are familiar with each other. I'm sure they've trained together before, uh, at least in the past, in passing maybe, because they're both American. But the point is I do think McDonald might have some value here to cover the spread. And Fritz, we know, can be pretty awful at converting breakpoint chances. I think McDonald hangs in there. And I think it does kind of help, at least mentally, McDonald, that he knows he beat the same guy a couple years ago in the same event. Is Fritz the same guy? No. Is McDonald the same guy? Probably not. But I do think it helps just for confidence purposes, knowing that you beat this guy on this exact tournament or in this exact tournament a couple years prior. I think that helps. So common theme for the episode, I do like a lot of underdogs. So just keep that in mind. But fortune into the lock and dog segment. Going to take a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Game Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's build-your-own-bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get $100, a limited state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get an extra $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportscampodcast.com slash winbet, the sportscampodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terming conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished recapping all of the action up to this point, as well as previewing all of the semifinal matches on Saturday. Now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, I will go back to Rotterdam, and I will take center to win in straight sets at minus 160. I know it's juicy, but I still don't think Greek sport is at anywhere near a level close to sinners, and I think that center should win comfortably. Sinner's a very good returner. He's got a good serve. And Greek Sport did capitalize on a relatively weak draw. Good for him. It's not his problem that he got matched up against players that are okay, not great. But he did what he needed to do. But Sinner looks so good against Tsitsipas, so good against Warenka, that I just think that he is in really just solid, borderline untouchable form for other guys, unless you're a top five player. Give me Sinner in straight sets of minus 160. I think the hometown Cinderella story ends here. And for my dog, I will go back to Buenos Aires, and I am going to take Varias on the money line at plus 175. I just think there's a lot of value there. Norris had to battle in the first two rounds. I wonder about fatigue. He is a very good player in terms of fitness, but I am concerned a little bit, especially with his first tournament of the year on clay, that he has to play another match after going three sets in each of the first two rounds. Meanwhile, Varias has not dropped a set even through qualifying. So I know that his game has translated very well to the Buenos Aires courts, and I think as a result, plus 175 is a good deal. So once again, the lock is going to be on center in straight sets at minus 160, and the dog is going to be on Varias money line at plus 175. Other than that, though, we'll be back once again tomorrow night to go through the finals for each of these three tournaments. You can find me on Twitter at Show Radio. 
You can also find me on the NBA Gambling Podcast, the PropCast, and I added a bunch of shows too. But follow me on Twitter if you want a link to all the podcasts or a link to some of the free plays I give out on YouTube. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.